I supposed to talk now, Brian? Let's go. Let's. What would be your walking music? What would Brian? What would be your walking music? Walk up song. Yeah. You play I'd baseball. Go, you look like a baseball player. Yeah, I used player. to back in the day. Uh, I always liked "So Fresh, So Clean" by All right. Outkast. All right, I want you to find that. Okay. And I want you to play it uh, as soon as you possible. Sure. We need to get the the blood pumping. Absolutely. This is sort of like when you're walking out of the bullpen music. And but then you need to hit it hard. Gotcha. We are. Give me a minute. Uh, no, it's all good. It's all good. Brian's an excellent, excellent producer, and he's going to be along with us as a, as everybody knows. This is the Bradford Show. I'm Rob Bradford, and this, my friends, here it is. Enjoy it while you can, because this is the WEI representative of the trade deadline spectacular. Can we get a we? You know what we should have done. I'm. This is totally on the fly. I'm going to find a counter. We got to get a countdown clock for the trade deadline, right? Since this is the trade deadline spectacular, the Bradford Show. I'm Rob Bradford, and I want Brian. You know what I want you to do? I'm asking you like 50 things to do out of the gate. That's what I'm here for. Can you? Uh, you know what you do when you feel good about the program, when you feel good about your lot in life, when you feel happy. You know what you do. What's that? You yell McFarland. Can you yell McFarland for me? Yell McFarland. 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 Ah, McFarland. It's it's like yelling Brooklyn. It feels so good. It feels does. Don't you feel better now? Absolutely. You, like you did a great job with the Fitzy and Hart show, and now you're doing this. It's, but we're turning the page. This is the trade deadline spectacular. Like I said, we're gonna. Yeah, we gotta get a countdown. I could do that. I mean, it's a quick Google search. Countdown till six p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday. This is what we're talking about with the Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox, I don't know if you know this, they are in the hunt. They are absolutely, we, last time, I can't even remember the last time we did this show, but the last time we did this show, we're still trying to figure this out. And in the meantime, I do know this, that I wrote a column for WEI.com saying, and we talked a little bit about with Fitzy and Hart, like, you Listen, why not? Why not? And this is, I mean, they were probably four back at that time, four back of the wild card. But why not? Let's go. Why not? It's the American League. This this is ultra-flawed uh, baseball across the board. The and, and you know what? I wouldn't even say that it's not the National League where you have the Atlanta Braves. But newsflash, in case you didn't notice, they beat the Atlanta Braves. They just beat them with... Two of their best pitchers on the mound. Well, you know, Charlie Morton's okay. But certainly Strider. I mean, look at the Red Sox right now. They come into today. They're a game and a half back of the wild card. They're 56 and 47. A season high, nine games over 500. They, uh, we can go down the list of reasons why you can compete here. It's not complicated. You're not only winning, but you're getting best case scenario across the board for a lot of guys. Um, by the way, I am rent I'm ranting and raving, ranting and raving. Pause. Let's go. Let's go, Brian. Let's go. Here we go. I'll tell you if it's a good walking music or not. All right, this is you coming out of the bullpen? Is this what this is? Uh, I hope up to the batter's box. I hope oh. What? What's you don't like this? This is um, who is the old White Sox first baseman? Canarco? Um, no, Abreu. No, no. More recently, Abreu. This is Jose Abreu's walk-up. Terrible! Song. I loved it. Are you kidding me? This is awesome. I mean, turn it up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, are you like making out with a girl in the backseat of your car? <laughs> like, what is happening? 
I don't even know if I mean, that's how it feels. Like what? What? It's supposed to hit. It's supposed to make a boom. I mean, we've one thing that we have done here on the Bradford Show program over the months and months and months of doing this, Brian, is that we have established ourselves as the preeminent place to get you jacked and pumped through the the medium of music, through the the art of walking songs. We've had players. You know what? We're gonna have. We have to have Zach Kelly call in. Zach Kelly is our de facto um, walk-in music expert, John Schreiber. But John Schreiber is busy out there. He's warming up. He's throwing a baseball out in San Francisco. Well, I'm going to text Zach Kelly. You know who Zach Kelly is? Of course, yeah. Okay, all right. Easy. Don't get defended <laughs> by it. I mean, so, I'm coming after my music, seeing if I know these no, people. No, listen, it's, it's our back. We're with us. We're in it together, man. <laughs> two hours of this. Two hours. But we're we're going to be talking the great game of baseball. I'll uh, I'll text Kat, Zach to see if he'll come on to break down your walking music. I mean, just don't take my word for it. I think it sucks. But, I mean, again, I'm, more, his own. I'm more of like, you know, more of the Timmy Trumpets. More of the, Edwin Diaz. Yeah, right. more of the you. So you have to have something that hits. Okay. That that I, I thought that, that people will be in the stands dancing to something like that. Yeah, they they they're coming out of their skin, so they're so excited that you are stepping up to the batter's box. All right. Well, speaking of stepping up to the batter's box, as I said, the Red Sox are certainly stepping up to the batter's box when it comes to presenting themselves in fine fashion. So let's go through it. And I want to take Jeff and Watertown. Not now. Not yet. One second. I want to take Jeff and Watertown. Always the Hall of Fame leadoff caller. Usually a lot of times we take him after the first break. I want to take him before the first break because we get a lot to get to and we can talk about what Jeff talks about. But before we get to Jeff, this isn't complicated. This is not complicated. You have a team that has shown when it shows the best version of itself can compete with anybody. Anybody. I mean, the only team that they were being shellacked by early in the year is Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay is a shell of itself right now. They're nowhere near what they were when they were taking the Red Sox to the woodshed. So what do you need? Like, what do you need? You have a lot of answers. You have answers and potentially defensively. People understand. Trevor Story's a good defensive shortstop. Fine. Slide Yu Chang over to second. There. There's an answer right there. You get the best version of Jaron Duran. You get the best version of Tristan Casas, who we'll talk about all the live long day this this uh, couple hours and the pregame show. You get the best version of Justin Turner. You get the best version of Yoshida. Um, you get the best version of Brian Bayo. You get the best version of the two guys that you actually invested in at the end of the bullpen and Kenley Jansen and Chris Martin. You're getting the best version of these guys, and that's how this was always going to work. That it, it was a risk. It's a, it's, a lot of people think it's a flawed way to do things because you have to have so many things go right, but it is working right now. And now you get back Chris Sale. And you can say what you want, but right now as we sit here, you have to th- suggest that at least more than a 50% chance that he's going to be helpful. That's all you can hope for. You got story back. You got guys coming back. You potentially have Hauk back, Whitlock back. I don't know. I mean, Whitlock's a ways away. But you have these guys coming back. And that leads us to the trade deadline because this is the trade deadline spectacular. 
I am going to talk to you about what the Red Sox need, what the Red Sox can do, what I think the Red Sox are going to do, what baseball has already done, these clubs have already done, and yes, Joe Kelly's name might come up. I'm going to talk to you about all that because this is WEI's trade spec- deadline spectacular. But first, let's go to Jeff in Watertown. Jeff, oh man, it's, always, it's good to hear your voice. It's good to hear your voice. How you doing? Same here, Brefo, and uh, and congratulations on uh, on your boy Joe Kelly getting traded uh, back to. Uh, did you? I, I don't know if you. Uh, I don't know if you saw. Profile for the book. Did you, I'm sorry. Is it higher profile for the book? Okay. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you listen? <laughs> I don't think the first thing I didn't think about was the Dodgers coming into Boston and book signing in Prudential Barnes and Noble. There you go. So uh, there you go. But uh, I don't know. If, before you go, Jeff, I don't. Yesterday, I did a podcast with Ryan Brazier, which is an unbelievable story to me. It's unbelievable. Like he's absolutely right. dominating, and it was all because he went to. And you can listen to the podcast on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. But yeah, I, I saw it and wanted to listen to it. Yeah. So well, this time it's yeah. not going anywhere, and so. So, uh, but he says, I'm going to spoiler alert, Ryan Brazier has like a, a one ERA, like with an, like a, a 120 opponent's batting average. And I said, well, how did this happen? He said, I got to the Dodgers. They said, you should throw a cutter. I spent 10 days in Arizona learning a cutter. I started throwing a cutter. And then all of a sudden, I, I couldn't be hit. And, and that was incredible to me. And that's, uh, you know, it's a bigger conversation about how these teams like the Rays and Dodgers do this. But holy mackerel. But we're, Jeff, we're doing the podcast yesterday. And in the middle of it, the trade goes down with Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn go to the Dodgers. And I said, hey, Ryan, you got a couple new teammates. And we're both like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And then you know who calls me? Who calls me in the middle of the podcast? Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly calls. And yeah, and I because of I'm uh, of the worst when it comes to technology, I was not able to patch them through. But it was a great moment, uh, and there you go. So there's my uh, there's my Joe Kelly trade deadline story with Ryan Brazier. But Jeff, I'm taking up your time. What's going on? Well, I think you know, just I, I, you know, there's still people who are debating like whether the Sox are supposed to be buyers or sellers, and I think it's like an absurd argument. Like there's Hyam Bloom. I mean, again, I keep saying, does he understand the value of a season? But if he doesn't make a significant move. In my mind, he he's just thumbing, thumbing his nose at Red Sox fans because, you know, and you made the point, you know, before too that we're beating the good teams. You know, it should, it should be easier to improve a team to beat the bad teams if you're already beating the good teams than it is to beat the good teams. You know what I'm saying? You'd you have to, you know, invest so much more if you needed to beat the good teams. Well, you're beating the good teams. So to me, it's it's a no-brainer. You want to just get shored up. You want to get better so you can sweep the teams you're supposed to sweep. And uh, and I think that's starting, you know, one starting pitcher. I'd be happy, and you know, and I'd love for them to go talk to the Mets, or I'd love for Montgomery from, you know. But I think to me that's the biggest need because we already know that <clears throat> that Cora can mix and match, and you know, if Chris Sale comes back and can throw the ball, well, he could be an opener for three innings or whatever. You could, you know, I mean, that's that's where he shines. I mean, that's where Alex Cora really. Yeah, you know, like he, I don't know if you heard seen. Jeff. I don't know if you heard me, but people don't understand. You don't need four. Like seven right. inning starters, you, you don't. So, but I, I like what Corey did in eighteen was like was, was like revolutionary at the time. Like we just kept sitting there going, like, what? Oh, who? Oh, wow, that worked. Oh, okay, well, oh, <laughs> oh, that worked. You know, it was like it was a revelation, and and you know, it uh, to me it was the beginning of the whole you know sort of moving away from the traditional starter when you saw what you could do with a bullpen. You know, he did it because he had to. He did it out of desperation, but but it worked. 
And um, and so yeah, so I, to me that that's really what it comes down to. And to me, if they don't, um, it's just you know it's just another example of Heim Bloom, you know, kicking the kicking the can down the you know, and now well next year we'll be in a better position to find the guy. I mean, you've got you know an eighth inning guy, you've got a ninth inning guy, you got two solid starters and a couple of guys that that uh you know are also good starters. You know, uh, you, you just you have the pieces there. And, and, uh, you know, defensively, we've gotten better with, you know, uh, the shortstops of back. So to, to me, you just got to make, you know, you got to make a move. You got to show people that you're for real, mm. um, that you're a player. And, and, uh, and if they don't do that, you know, it, it's, to me, it's another lost season and another failure to understand the value of a season. And, and Jeff, uh, one quick thing. It's, and I want to get I want to pick through a lot of what you said, but we have to do it after the break. But one quick thing while you're on the line, I think that I think you're right about you know that they're in a position that they're they're beating the good teams. I think that let's see, they have uh, well, I don't have the numbers over 500, but I know they were under 500 up until that Oakland series uh, against uh, uh, under 500 against teams uh, bad teams. But look at the Chicago Cubs. So the Chicago Cubs, they're 52 and 51, and they're three and a half out of the wild card. Now, you say, oh, well, maybe they're in it, maybe they're not. But what is Jed Hoyer hanging on? Because I was in Chicago, and he told me this. He told reporters this. This is a big deal to them. They looked at run differential. They are the only team in that division with a plus run differential, not even close, plus 56. And now they're winning games. So they're not selling because they're looking yeah. at this, and they, they use that, and they say, we're good the Red Sox have to look at it the same way that we're beating good teams that we can be good like and I don't think there's any chance they're going to be like this they're going to come out of the trade deadline feeling like they had sold the farm or they had diminished their chances but I will say this and, and I'm going to play sound for you about Cora before the game yesterday talking about this people might not like the way that we're doing things but we're going to be better you know what that screams of Jeff I'm going to tell you right now the guy who's pitching tonight, this might be very. This might be his last start in a Red Sox uniform. Yeah. So. Yeah. But um. Yeah. But, but Jeff, we get a run. I appreciate it. Please. Uh, the other really quick yep. thing, professor, just, yep. it's it's a two out of three game series again. That's the other thing that people forget. Oh, not, if I have to hear this one game thing one more time, because it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, and, and to me, like that that means if you're a better if you have a better team, you have a better chance of advancing in the playoffs. Yes. Uh, and you already talked about the, you know, who you'd be playing in the first round anyway. But, you know what I mean? Like, like to me, like, that's a bigger deal. Like, you're not just, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket for one game. It's it's a series that you have to win. And I think the Red Sox are, have the advantage in that case. Yeah, no, I... It's, it's good it's, talking to you, Brad. Yeah, all right, Jeff. Good talking with you. All right, we gotta, we're late. We're going to take a tra- trend, and I, we're going to come back with a, the aforementioned chorus sound, talking about the trade deadline. Um, and we will talk. I will give you my analysis, along with taking your call, 617-779-7937, about what I think the Red Sox are going to do. An educated guest already reported they have no interest at all in trading Justin Turner. But... There's some other guys. We're going to see. All right, here's the trend. Now, we're right back to it. The Bradfoe Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Time said, and uh, I know where we at. We're going to get better, you know. Some people might not agree with the way we're going to get better, but we will. You know, we're trying to to improve, and uh, I think we have a good baseball team. One of the, our best players in the upcoming weeks. Uh, our three pitchers are really, really good. They're coming, so uh, I don't know. Uh, I know they're working hard, and we'll see where see where it takes. 
Let's go. Jack it up. I mean, how could that not get you? Let's go. This one thing. It's been a great baseball year, but I do miss Timmy Trumpets. I do miss Edwin Diaz. Zach Kelly's not available, by the way. He texted me. Can't do it. He said um, he said he will come on later in the week, which we don't have a show. I was going to say, can he just send in some suggestions well, yeah, for any Yeah, we've gone through this. Okay. He has a long list. Okay. I just can't remember them right now, and I don't want to scroll through. Gotcha. Fair enough. Uh, I, I'll, I'll text him back, say, give me give me your give me your um, walking music again. Give me an outside-the-box walking music, because I've heard his. I want to hear others. And no, I'm not. This isn't going to be a walk-in music program, which we've done uh, plenty of times in the winter. But this is going to be the trade deadline spectacular. I'm Rob Bradford. Uh, this is the Bradfo Show. So let's kick things off. Oh, before we kick things off, let me give you my take. I told you I would give you my take. So you heard that sound from Cora. I thought that was pretty telling. It's something along the lines of people might not like how we do it, but we're going to be better. Um, so what that screams to me. It's two guys. As I said, as I reported, Justin Turner isn't going anywhere. Talked to teams, and teams said, we asked on Turner. They said, not interested. But the teams that said, they also said that a player which the Red Sox, in their view, wouldn't be shy trading is the guy who's pitching tonight, and that's James Paxton. That piqued my interest because initially you think, well, how could they trade James Paxton they only have three starters as it is. Well, there's ways you can do this. And also, if you look at it this way, with James Paxton, and I, I, I would love to see them keep James Paxton. I think he's good. He's a good guy to have in the clubhouse. His fastball's elite in when it comes to getting swings and misses. Isn't he the second guy you're trotting out of in that wild card series too? Right now, yeah. I mean, but they, they look at it, there's a long way to go. As you heard, you have Howe coming back, you have Sale coming back, you have Whitlock coming back, but, 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 and it's a good point, Brian, but I will say this, they are, I think they're worried about Paxson getting through the entire year. Uh, he's already had some leg stuff, knee, the hamstring, the knee. I think they also view it as we can actually get something of value for our foundation for the future. For uh, you know, a couple months of James Paxton, he's going to be a free agent after the year. So that's how they view it as well, which is all well and good. But if you do that, you better have a solution more than here comes Chris Sale in a, in a week or so, a couple weeks. Here comes Tanner Houck a little bit after that. Here comes Garrett Whitlock a little bit after that. You better have a solution to help you get because it's not like you're cruising here. You need to compete. You need to find ways. I think that they've done a good job of piecing this together with three starters and doing the uh, bread and butter Dino and Nick Pavetta thing. That's fine. But this is crunch time, man. Two months, you got to find ways to get through this, and you got to do it. You can't do it with just two starters for a couple weeks. But the way they're viewing it as, well, you know what? We think that we can maybe trade James Paxson, and this is an educated guess. We think we could trade James Paxson and maybe get a, another guy back to fill in that gap. Whoever that is. They are going to get a rental. So don't count on – I don't think you can count on Jordan Montgomery. Um, I don't think you can count on any rental. Eduardo Rodriguez, sure. If you want to pay the price for him and you don't think he's going to opt out, fine. But maybe it's more along the lines of a Rich Hill coming back just to fill the gap till the end here. So you get James Paxson. Look at it this way. 
You trade James Paxton, you get back a pretty good result because the teams desperately need starting pitching. And then you trade something for Rich Hill, which isn't of the, of the value that what you got back for James Paxton. Maybe that's how they view it. And we haven't even talked about Alex Verdugo yet, but we will. I want to get to the calls. Everyone's been patiently hanging on here, the Bradford Show, 617-779-7937. Trade deadline spectacular. I mean, if nothing else, it's a great name for a show. Mark in South Boston, what's going on? How you doing, Mark? Hey, Rob. What's up, man? How much? Um, if you trade, if you trade Paxson, you can only trade him to the National League, right? If you, if you, I mean, if you say if you trade him to the American League, anyone that wants him this year is in the hunt for a playoff spot, right? I mean, that would but, um, that it would be a, it would be a tough look if you traded him to the Rangers and then he comes back and you know takes care of business. Yeah, that's yeah, that's an, but I guess I mean if they trade anybody, I mean, okay, I want Duvall gone, but that'll I mean I want Fadugo to stay. I mean, how, how do you trade the guy who's going to win the right field um, gold glove in the American League? But that means three left-handed bats in the outfield. But uh, I know Repschnein is like, you know, he's a unicorn when it comes against lefties. But I just really, all I want is pitching. I don't want him touching anybody. We have people, we have plenty of people in the out. We have plenty of people. Maybe get a first base defensive guy like a Mankiewicz type. But in my opinion, I, I, all you need is one startup who's out there. Yeah, who, who who's left? You get six. You get six. You get six wild card teams. No one's trading their good guys. I mean, Lance Lynn. I mean, can you believe the Dodgers went after Lance Lynn? I mean, yeah. the guy's seventy already. He's going to even. But, but you know what's going to happen, Mark? You know exactly what's going to happen. The same thing that happened to Ryan Brazier. The same thing that happens to anyone who goes to the Dodgers in the race. They say you do this, you do that. Boom! There you go. You get the best version of themselves. It's 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 yeah. an easy one. But I will say this, Mark, before you go. The Verdugo one is the tricky one because all the points you made are good ones. The problem is is that you're a year and a half out from him being a free agent. This is the most value, despite his struggles recently, this is probably the most value you're going to get for him on the trade market. And Heimblum was part of a front office that did this before in 2014. David Price, a year and a half out, that's when he traded him. Mookie Betts, 2019, they entertained the idea in that front office of putting him on the market because, once again, this is the most you're going to get for the guy. Not next year, right. not the offseason, right now. So if you have the excess and you do feel like you can get by, then don't be surprised if they make that deal. I'd rather Duvall gone, but like I said, I mean, I, if, if they we need another right-handed bat. If, if they do get rid of Duvall instead of Verdugo, uh, I do want another right-handed bat in the outfield. No, fair enough. All right, Mark, thanks no, for the call. Thank you, Rob. All right, see you, Mark. All right, Ken in California. What's going on, Ken? Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, yeah, you know what? For Bloom, why don't you put him in charge of the, mi- uh, the minor leagues and get somebody for uh, GM for the major leagues? They're charging major league ticket prices. This guy is a dud. We're go- you're going to trade Mookie for Dugo? <laughs> so, wait, we're going back to Mookie now, Ken? Like can we t- can we at uh, least you know talk what? about can we get le- can we le- at least talk about Ken we have a show to do today not three years ago yeah. so like what are the Red Sox going to do in seventy two hours I like that I, 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 no I, uh, I, no Ken Ken like here here's the thing Ken is that 
it's it's your prerogative to pick apart Heim Bloom's move. We've done it for the last five months or whatever it is. But I, you know what we're doing now is we're trying to figure out at this crossroads, at this fork in the road for Heim Bloom, what exactly he's going to do and what position that this team is in right now. I don't care about Mookie Betts. I don't care because we can we can play that game all all the live long day about his contract and being here, what he asked for, Connor Wong, Alex Verdugo, whatever Derek Jeter down. I don't want to do that. I want to talk about can the, did Heim Bloom make this team good enough to take advantage of a weak American League this year? Go get Blake Snell from the Padres. All right. That's what I'm talking about, Ken. Not bad. I don't think it's going to happen. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. Uh, all right. Uh, Freddie in Florida. What's going on, Freddie? Hey, I had a quick question on story, but first of all, I just want to say, Rob, it's a pleasure to talk to you and your cheese at Bowl show. I think you should get a Marconi for that halftime show. For which one? The cheese at Bowl. Remember the cheese at Bowl? You did the halftime when the, the lightning struck BC or whatever? Oh, no, that wasn't me, man. I, would, I wish I, I could. Oh, I, I thought it was you. No, nah, I wish I could take story. credit for it. I'll listen, put it on the resume. <laughs> but but, uh, but uh, that's all good. So, what do you got on Trevor's story? Yeah, on Trevor's story, just tell me, like, last year, I didn't see much from Colorado, but, like, last year, he it looked like he struck out a lot. Like, he, he didn't have a great eye, but when he did hit it, he was spraying the ball all over the place. He got hot. He hit some home runs. What do you think he can bring? And number two, what did they know about his arm when they signed him, do you think? Uh, what, when they moved him to second base, now they're going to be on a short after the surgery. Those are my two questions, yes, Rob. Good you. questions, Freddie. And uh, I would say this, is that with Trevor's story, I think he's a good player. Is he uh, like a, a superstar player? No, but I think he's a good player, and I think he's coming back that he's going to help this team. And one thing that people think people should understand about Trevor's story is that go back to 2019, and I know this was a while ago, but Trevor's story was third in the majors in defensive runs saved and at the shortstop position. And I just talked to Adam Ottavino. He was in town, and he played with Story in Colorado. And I asked him, I said, hey, you, what was your perception of Story at shortstop? He's like, yeah, obviously, like really, really good. And he said, really, at that time, what stood out was his arm, bizarrely. And then his arm went south. His arm became a problem. And to answer the question about what the Red Sox knew about it, yeah, they knew about it. I think they were crossing their fingers that they could put it in second base and it wouldn't affect his throwing. I mean, this is one of the reasons why he was at second. I mean, I thought he was a great second baseman. I kind of wish he stayed at second base. I, but, you know, if you get that version of Trevor's story, defensively, if nothing else, the version closer to 2019, that guy, people are going to be like, that's good. That's part of the solution, not part of the problem. But uh, what was the other question he had? I forget. What was the other thing, Brian? Do we remember? We had Trevor's story. I don't know. Anyway, let's go to uh, our, our always, always good to hear from, always uh, the friend of the program, friend of the great game of baseball, Allison in Cambridge. Hey, Allison, how are Hi you? There. Good after Good afternoon to you. I'm, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Good. I just wanted to say that, that the way I feel about the Red Sox this year is just like in 2021. It's Alex Cora. Alex Cora is a magician. He is able to, I mean, time has given him, for a year and a half, there was no first baseman. For this year, there was no shortstop, terrible defense. Not last year, there was no closer. I mean, the thing is, Heim could have followed his 
seven plans <laughs> and still fielded a major league team. I, I mean, there's, I, it's Alex Cora. He got the best out of everyone. He's so creative with what he does, and he's he's tough nature. I, I kind of feel like we lost Xander, and he was like the the soul of the team. Like I feel like the team has no soul, but Alex Cora does have a soul. It's different nature than Xander. He's pugnacious and he's tough, and I love Alex Cora. It's Alex Cora. When I hear people saying like Clayton Yohai was put together a good team, but Alex Cora should go. Oh my God! There is nobody else. Rob Bradford in twenty twenty one, we would not have been two day, two games away from the World Series, and this year we wouldn't be where we were with any other manager other than Alex Cora. Maybe Terry Francona. Terry Francona has his own way, too. But, man, he is he is really good. He's just... Do you agree with me? No, I, I agree, and that's sort of what a lot of people... And, and what we have is the... Uh, oh, yeah. We, Allison's gone. But um, what I, I would say about Cora is that he's proven that in, when you get to the postseason, he's a really, really good manager. I can only think of one move... And that was Chris Sale pitching to Jordan Alvarez that really a little backfired. He said, what are you doing? But the bobbin weaving his way through 2018, I mean, I had never seen anything like that. That guy was on a heater. It was pretty good in 2021 as well. So I, I do think this. But I know that Allison talks a lot about the heart and the soul and the team and Xander, and she's right. But I will say this, is that being around the team, Justin Turner has become that guy. There is no doubt, there is no doubt who was the leader of this team. And Justin Turner would never say, I'm the leader of this team. Let it be said, let it be done. No, but at the same time, he is absolutely the leader of this team. And I think that that has, you have to give them a ton of credit. J.D. Martinez having a great year, having a really, really good year. No question about it. But you have to give them credit for identifying Justin Turner of being a better fit right now and JD said this JD had heard that they were more interested in Justin Turner that's why I took the deal jumped at the deal with the Dodgers he didn't want to be hung out to dry but the the Red Sox for this team right now Justin Turner's a better fit than JD Martinez that's just how it is is he upset that Kike's gone I don't care who cares like honestly like Great. I mean, it's the same thing. I just know they were friends on the yeah, Dodgers, no, I, and I, I felt like Kike yeah, was like yeah, yeah, somewhat I, recruited him here, right? If, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, no, no, you're you're right. I mean, I think that there was they were buddies, and that's all well and good. I don't think this is like the like the. It's a good point though, Brian, because the Vasquez thing at the trade deadline last year, like how upset Bogarts was, how upset Devers was. But that's a little bit different. You know why? Because Vas- Vasquez can Vasquez, actually play the well, game Vasquez, of baseball. Yeah, exactly. Vasquez was a useful piece of the puzzle. Kike didn't be I think that even Justin Turner will tell you it was square peg round hole. So anyway, all right, Wally and Fall River. What's going on, Wally? Yeah, what's up, Bradford? Uh You know the Red Sox better than anybody, but uh, Bloom's going to wake up and smell the roses. We've been talking about the trade deadline for for a while now. Now it's right upon us. Uh, you don't need a blockbuster deal, uh, Bradford. Uh There's not many good, I mean, you're not going to get a top-line pitcher for nothing for a Blake Snell or Musgrove or whatever else is out there. A Verland and Schuster, you're going to have to take on a lot of salary, but I take a flyer on one of them. I mean, you look at the Yankees, you look at the Mets, you look at the Padres, uh, they got uh, multi-million dollar payrolls. I mean, uh, Heimblum, all right, I give him credit from some Thing, but you don't want to ruin the chemistry of this team and say, well, I'm not going to do nothing. There's teams out there, Bradford, you know you can get a pitcher from. It won't be a great pitcher, but at least he can give you five so, minutes. So, Wally, you just what you want, I just want to clarify this, very important. What you want is just you want them to do something that says, okay, 
hey team, hey clubhouse, we know that we need help pitching. We need a pitcher, so just go out and get it. He doesn't have to be – you don't have to give up the farm for the Scherzer or the Verlander or whatever else, or, you know, or you know, even Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery's a rental. So, but you just said go out and get somebody. Show them that you're in it to win it, right? Correct? That is correct. I mean, uh, you know, I drive a Hyundai. I like to have a Jaguar. But uh, let's be realistic. Yeah, yeah, you just, yeah man. That. You just, listen, just give you new tires on the Hyundai, right? That's all you want. Right. That's right. I mean, uh, <laughs> we know deals can be made. Other, other GMs are working the phones right now. It's up to him to earn his money. Oh, I think, I mean, the, I think team- they'll make a deal. And, and I think, like I said, Wally, thanks for the call. I think that my gut tells me that you're going to see something along the lines of what I talked about. I would not be surprised at all if they trade James Paxson. I would not be surprised at all if they trade Alex Verdugo. They they might not. They wouldn't. They might not. I mean, it's maybe they aren't going to get the return they want because that's another big part of this. Is that you go back to last year? Bogarts, Martinez, Avaldi, Hill. They didn't trade those guys, Brian. You know why? Because they didn't know, they didn't feel like they were getting back what was worth it to get back. And they were sort of, still, sort of still in it. What they totally, totally did not understand is that the impact in that on that team that trading Vasquez would have in terms of the perception of the team. Didn't matter if you got back McGuire, Pham, whoever. You... The perception of those guys who were still staying there was once you traded Vasquez, you were giving up. That's right or wrong. That was how it was. And JD said this: they once that deal was done, I just assumed that we were trade, we were selling. And if that's the deal, it doesn't matter. You're getting back these other guys, Hosmer. Doesn't matter anyway. Six one seven. Seven seven nine seven ninety three seven. Excellent job, by the way. Doesn't that Timmy trumpets? I mean. I hadn't heard that in a while, right? It brings you back to last summer. It does. Oh, man. Man, it does. It was weird that they play. So the Fenway plays Shipping Up to Boston, which used to be Papelbon's song coming in. They play that now for the the opposing team's closer because they're they're getting people jacked up for the Red Sox to come up. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a really convoluted thing, which no one cares about but me. Anyway, 617-779-7937. You got me all riled up because this is the trade deadline spectacular. I see you lined up. We'll get to your calls, but you've got to take a quick break. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI, New England's sports original. WEEI, we are right back to the Bradfoe Show. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. You guys jacked this up. Pick the good song. I had to redeem myself from earlier. You know, you know, you asked around. You said, what's going to scratch like from Bradford Witches? It's Green Day. You ever see Green Day in person? Brian? Nope. No? I'm not a big concert guy, personally. No? Um, I mean, n- nothing gets music. Just, you know. Nothing. You sound like a caller. <laughs> I like you personally, music. Nothing against you personally, music. But when but I'm, I hate you, music. you know, if I'm willing to, you know, go out, go spend a bunch of money. Like, I, give me the Bruins game. Give me a Celtics game. Really? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'd much rather go to a game. What is the best? We'll get to the calls in a second. This is Rob Bradford. This is Bradford Show trade deadline 
spectacular. It's been a great time so far. We're going to be with you at 6 o'clock. Then I am going to take over the pregame show leading up to the great game of baseball with Will Fleming and Lou Marloni on the call. All right. What is the best sporting event to attend? This is going to be a test for you. So I'm going to say playoff hockey. That is false. It is your prerogative to be wrong, though. Um, why do, Why is that playoff hockey? I, just the atmosphere. I mean, <clears throat> I think the sport, you know, just watching it, I think, you know, that's, that's you're, you're a hockey the best. Guy. Yeah, hockey. yeah, for sure. So, but just, I mean, being in that building, you know, nothing's right, worse about, than okay, when you lose. Let's, let's play this game. How about regular season? Regular season? Ah, uh, I mean, you're hard to beat Fenway. No, I was going to say hard to beat Fenway in uh, the summer, well, right? So here's my take on this. Is that, and I've asked many, many people, uh, everyone go buy the book, A Damn Near Perfect Game. I'm sure Brian has rifled through it, uh, co authored with the guy who was just traded yesterday. One of, one of the co authors of A Damn Near Perfect Game was traded yesterday. Maybe you win a t shirt if you guess which one. Um, but uh, the, one, the book that I did with Joe Kelly, he interviews Rob Manfred. Whole chapter sits down for forty five minutes. Interviews Rob Manfred. It's basically like Ty Domi interviewing Gary Batman. You don't really see this a whole lot. But one of the questions, or one of the things that Manfred said, and I agree with him, the best sporting event to go to is baseball. And here's the reason why: is because football. It's this is not even in the conversation, Brian. It's just not tailgating. Sure. For going to football games is overrated. I think you get the even, same experience watching it oh, in your better, living room. Much better experience. Absolutely. Long day, made for TV. You can see where the first down markers are. So you can see are. where the first down markers. You're finding what's going on. Not even close. I mean, if you want to tailgate, you want to do that thing, that's fine. Uh, hockey and basketball, very similar. When you sit down, though, you have to basically be, okay, here we go. You know? My point is with baseball is that it's a social event, right? Especially now where it's a little bit more manageable in time, where you go, you talk, something happens, you talk, something happens, you drink, something happens, you know, you talk about what happened, and then as it goes on, then you get a little bit more riled up, everything becomes more important there. I mean, that it's just different. So that's my take on it. So I agree with the commissioner. There you go. Uh, one of the things I agree with the commissioner. All right, this is the trade deadline spectacular. I am going to pick through uh, the Red Sox needs, the Red Sox and players the Red Sox can get. Some trades that already been have been made. Um, we're, we're honest, obviously, where you got our nose to the grindstone, ears to the railroad tracks, whatever, ready for any trades that might go down. Yesterday, of course, the Dodgers shock and awe. The, the, if you want an instant reaction from Ryan Brazier of the L.A. Dodgers about when Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn was traded, go to the, at, the BB Isn't Boring, Baseball Isn't Boring podcast, and you can hear that podcast. And right in the middle of it, the breaking news happens. Brazier reacts. Joe Kelly calls in. Chaos ensues. Dodgers get Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly. That's already after they had gotten Rosario. Uh, and a little bit while later, the White Sox keep making the trades. Kendall Graveman goes to Houston. The White Sox just unloading guys as they should. They need to turn that whole thing over. Need an enema. If any team needs an enema, is that team. Kendall Graveman goes to Houston. He returns to Houston. So Houston gets a little bit stronger. Here we go, though. The trades are starting to go. And you know what was two years ago today? It was Schorber with Rizzo Day. Schwarber Rizzo Day, the two guys that were traded. 
Kyle Schwarber, Schwarber, oh man, why can't Kyle Schwarber was traded at the deadline, and the guy that he was traded for, minor league pitcher, hasn't he's has just had Tommy John. I don't think he's pitched since 2021. I mean, it's ineffectual. But at that time, remember that they gave up. They were able to get Schwarber. It was taking advantage of the market. Schwarber didn't play for like two or three weeks because of the hamstring. Meanwhile, the Yankees get Anthony Rizzo at that same day, and he's tearing it up. And Bloom is taking all kinds of heat because, hey, you needed a first baseman. You get a guy who hasn't even played first base, who has a bad hamstring. And meanwhile, the guy that you could have gotten, and Anthony Rizzo, is tearing it up and helping the Yankees. Well, we know what happened. So it's always tough to have instant reaction to deals because – you know, we say, how could you give up that prospect? How could you give up this prospect? Oh, you needed this or that, or you go on a losing streak like the Red Sox did after that deadline. I think they went like 6-14 and 14 after the deadline in 2021. And then obviously you figure it out, and some of these guys took root. Austin Davis, Hansel Robles, Kyle Schwarber. So, but it's deadline time this year, not 2021. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a history lesson. Let's go back to the calls. Jeff is in New Bedford. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Hi. Hey, Rob. Hey, thanks for your, your, all your knowledge. I mean, uh, it's great to listen to you. It's my pleasure. Uh, my Living question, the dream. My, my question is this, and um, I'm not saying that it's warranted, but is there any chance that there's somebody out there that would, uh, there's a trade for Chris Sale that could bring us somebody younger and for the future? I wanted to know your thoughts on that. Uh, thanks for the call, Jeff, and thanks for hanging on. No, I don't think so because, uh, number one, you know, you're – I mean, you never say never, and I know that they were at least entertaining the idea of trading him in the offseason, but you're talking about a guy with a bad shoulder, and he looked, you know, he looks like it's promising coming back. He's throwing the ball. I threw the ball in Worcester, live BP. That's all well and good, but you're not going to get anything for him, especially with that contract, even if you pay down on the contract – I still think even as much as teams need pitching, if you want to pay down a contract, go down the Verlander or Scherzer, and they're even no great shakes. But still, right now, as far as we know, they're healthy. Anyway, all right. Well, we got a lot more trade deadline stuff coming on the trade deadline spectacular. I still can't believe you. Like you wouldn't go. Have you ever been to a concert? Yeah, I've been there a couple. Okay, okay, which ones? Uh so I've been to Miley Jeff. Cyrus. <laughs> no, Future, the rapper. Uh, yeah, yes, I know who. There. Yeah, I know. Uh, House of Blues. You, like you don't Bruce Springsteen, the singer. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, like I understand. Yeah, like, so I've been to him. That was years and years ago, and you know what? That's the only concert. I've and ever so been to. let me ask you this: yeah. When you were at that concert, how old were you? About 15, 16. Okay, okay. When you were at that concert, were you a swayer? Were you a dancer? Were you a phone in the air guy? So no, I was. Uh, I was probably one of the quieter. Like I was in a sea of people older than me. I was by far the youngest person there. Okay, yeah, it was like me and like two of my friends who were also you know fifteen, sixteen, whatever at the time. And um, so you know we were just bopping our heads a little bit. I guess you know a little bit of a sway here. All right, and there. All right much like you do at a baseball game. Exactly. When right. Sweet Caroline comes on, you know, uh, everyone's the, the, swaying. There you go. All right. <laughs> 